0: listening to the wartime leadership podcast with your host nathan coy this month more than a mastermind may welcome back to the wartime leadership podcast where we explore what spiritual resilience looks like in the lives of our guests and let me tell you folks already today we're having to show resilience (laughs) because we started recording and then everything decided to break down on us so we're having resilience by jumping over here to riverside instead of the program we were using Hmm. yay us but folks i this this episode is very very important to me because this week's guest is someone that's very special to me. Uh, as Jeff said in the intro, it's more than a mastermind may. And the individual that I have is somebody who has taken a major leadership role in that group. Uh, Iman Button. How are you, my friend, my brother, my compadre, uh, my co facil <laughs> Okay, we'll just end it in that. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm great, man. I'm great. I got no business complaining.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, as I said earlier, uh, even if I did complain, it wouldn't matter, because my wife would tell me,
1: shh. (laughs) That's a fact.
0: (laughs) Hey, we're not going to go back through the five questions. We're just going to kind of get started. Iman, now, you have a very unique background. Hmm. uh, Given uh, where you're located in Pennsylvania, you've got a huge background in healthcare, but you also, as is that little center point for all of our uh, mastermind group, you have a very much a music background, That's correct. which yeah. I know we're going to get into. So uh, why don't you start from the beginning? Go back as far as you want. Give us your background. Give us your history. Use this as your moment of testimony.
1: Let's go. All right. I, um, I was always a band kid, man. I played uh, French horn, and there's not very many French horn players and not very many good ones. I was good. You know, ever since middle school, actually in elementary school, I picked that up and I, I was just good at it. I, I, I was never, I can't remember a time where I couldn't, well, I wasn't good at it, you know, and it really just opened a lot of doors for me. It, it, it kept me out of school. I was never a huge fan of being in school and in class. So being, I played the French, I played all the brass instruments, really. The French horn was my main instrument, but I joined all the bands, the jazz band, the trios, the concert and symphonic no matter what it was like I was doing that um to get out of school and I always remember my mom I didn't practice very much you know Um, I practiced when I had solos or if I was had a piece that I had to do for like an audition for something and my mom would always just tell me like man like God just gave you this like look at you you just you don't even practice like God get it's something that I didn't come to understand until I really started looking at people's God given gifts. Like you ever meet somebody that can just do math, like their brains just wired for math. And you're like, Oh, how?
0: absolutely. Just want to punch them in the face. Yeah. You
1: know? And it's just like, why, how, how is your brain such that you can just think these things where I need, you know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't do it with a calculator, but I was like that with French horn and you know, I, I did that all through school, took me to college, got a scholarship for playing that horn. And uh, yeah, I, I I wasn't the best student, though, in college. <laughs> so um, I didn't flunk out, but I we did run out of money. You know what I mean? Uh, my mother had wound up coming down with breast cancer after my sophomore year. So my junior year in college, I left, went home. Um, I would love to Tell people I went home just to be the greatest son in the world and take care of my mom, but I went back to Miami. I was a knucklehead, man. I I I just um you know, was really kinda lost.
0: Now where know? did you do where did you go to college?
1: I went to Hampton University in Virginia. It's a historically back college university, yeah. 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 So high stepping bands and just a ton, oh, ton of, tons of fun.
0: Huge energy.
1: Huge oh, yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like that. But um, I um, when I wound up going home, I um, I did start my own recording studio. Right. So uh, I majored in music, engineering and technology in school, you know, and I started recording studio and started working with a bunch of local artists, started hanging out with a bunch of local artists, started breaking laws and rules with a bunch of local artists. Um, and stopped playing my French horn as much too, you know what I mean? But I was really into music production at the time I had made up my mind that I was going to be, you know, a famous music producer. Right. Hmm. Um, and that's great, but it it just, I, I, I had that vision and I was putting the work in, but I was just, I was just basically ruining my mind and just finding excuses to be in the studio instead of like facing life and reality. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so i i i left miami um i was dating a girl that wound up coming to medical school in philly and i i came up here and i was still trying to do production but i didn't know anybody up here um i had gotten hooked up with a couple folks i wound up meeting you know some 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 local artists and i was doing production for some guys that were working with like beanie siegel and young chris at the time but it didn't pan out you know what i mean it just really it, it didn't work out i wound up leaving my ex-girlfriend and again i was just lost man like it's just it was just one of those things where i was just thinking to myself man i've i've done i've done so many things to mess up my life and now i don't really know where to turn right and um, now
0: now real quick iman so yeah. i want to get into something here because the song says I'm going to Miami, not I'm leaving Miami and going to Pennsylvania. It, nowhere in the song does it say that. It doesn't so why, say that, no. So you left because of a girl. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, what have those continued decisions done for you?
1: Oh my gosh, it was it, it, it was it was all ordained. You know what I mean? Um, Miami for me, it just wasn't. It just the environment down there there's no way that I would thrive. I was too undisciplined. I had no discipline whatsoever. You know what I mean? And, and I hated even the word discipline, you know, and my, my impulses and everything that I was trying to do is only a matter of time. And I can tell by looking around, I'm like, man, there's people that are with me and next to me. And I mean, by God's grace, I didn't get some of the consequences they got, you know? Um, but I was in the same environments doing a lot of the same things that they were doing. And I needed to change. I My heart was telling me I needed to change. Um, and I just said, you know what? You know, half the time I wasn't in my right state of mind, but I had a moment of clarity enough to be like, dude, you need to change your whole physical environment and go try something different, right? And plus I was with this girl. I mean, uh, you know, I loved her. You know, I was a horrible boyfriend. Let's just put that out there. It's terrible, but I did love her. Um, But I wound up, you know, Breaking up with her, and I, she enabled me for a long time just to not do anything, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
0: wait, what did she enable that because of you know, or did you empower yourself and use that as a crutch?
1: Yeah, probably, probably more the latter. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to do anything that I didn't want to do. I just didn't want to listen to anyone. I, I made up my mind what I was trying to do. And, and, but I wasn't, I, I, I didn't have a good compass or a good filter through which I could view the world. And I really just, um, it was bad, man. And I'll tell you what, I, I wound up moving in. I I left my ex and I moved in with uh, an old family friend. So I, I was really good friends with this guy's younger brother when I was growing up. Like we were like, we called each other cousins. His mom was my aunt. But like, we weren't really related, but we were that close. And his older brother lived in Philly. I didn't know that at the time, but he lived there. And he said, Yeah, until you get on your feet, you can come stay with me. And I'm gonna tell you what, Nate, it was terrible. It was a horrible, dysfunctional, just it was, it was it was terrible. And I was sleeping in the basement of their house, man. And I remember one time I was like, all right, I, I got to go get a job. You know what I mean? And I had my little laptop and I took the train. Um, actually, no, he dropped me off because he worked at the hospital where I currently work. And I just went walking around downtown Philadelphia with my laptop and my backpack. And I'm going to tell you what, it was late January. And it was like snow raining. And from a boy from Miami, oh my Mm-mm. gosh, this was just, this wasn't it for me. But I was going in the hotels. I was going in the fast, food, I was going everywhere and I couldn't find anything. right? And um, I'm freezing, I'm soaking wet and I'm just dejected. And I'm just, it's that, that's, those are the times, like sometimes you got nowhere to look but up. And that was my moment right there where I'm just, I'm freezing cold. My fingers are numb. You know, and I'm just. Typical of me, I'm only calling on God when I need him to bail me out of something or like, you know what I mean? Like that was where my prayer is up until this point. Like, God, I know I said this before, but this time I'm serious. Help me, please. And I won't do this again. But this time I'm in a brand new environment. I don't even have any friends. So I wound up going to the hospital emergency room where this guy where I call my cousin, remember, because we were family friends where, where he worked. And I'm just dejected and I'm just like, dude, can you just hide me, hide me in the ER, please? I, I I don't know how to take the train. It's dark now. I don't know how to get back up to your house. I'll just hide out in the corner here in the ER until you get off in the hospital. Right. And uh, I'm there and I'd say probably about 20 minutes after me being in there, you know, he taps me on the shoulder. He says, hey, man, you should give this guy your resume. And um I said, okay, fine. I had it. Boom. Hey, my name is Iman, blah, 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 blah. I gave this guy my resume. Um, who just so happened to be walking right there at the very moment. Like he's just walking through. He's the transportation supervisor, just happened to be walking through at the time. I gave him my resume. They called me the next day. And let me tell you what, that guy's name, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now tell me that's not a sign.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm there praying to God, like, please just do something for me. Like, I cannot, I don't know what I'm going to, if today, if day one of job hunting is like this, day two, I'm selling coke or something. I don't know what's going on. I, I got to do something. Like, I I was like that. I can't do this again. I'm freezing and I'm and I'm upset and, yeah. Well,
0: now, now that escalated quickly to selling yeah.
1: coke.
0: You know, I just want you to know that that, that, that was a quick, like, whoop,
1: yeah it went it went left but these are my thoughts at the time yeah. I'm like I'm not doing this this right here I I I can't think of coming back the next day to more of this yeah and right at that moment you know what I mean he sends this guy gives me a job you know and I start working at this hospital and I'll tell you what Nate like I went from pondering all the worst ways to 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 get money things that I had seen and learned in Miami and potentially just putting the nail in the coffin for my life you know what I mean to for the first time really realizing that I got spiritual gifts I tell you what helping sick people in that hospital was the best possible thing that I fit right in I excelled Mm -hmm. so quickly You know what I mean? And. I, I, I wound up being a transporter for a year and a half. I was promoted. um, To a supervisor, but before before that, in August of 2008. So I started that job in March of 2008. I moved out of that apartment that I was in in May of 2008, which is a whole nother story, because the apartment wasn't even finished being constructed yet somebody owned it that worked at the at the job and i just said i'll move in anyway man as long as i got a shower and a bed i'm in there no hot water yet no stove no nothing i said i got to get out of where i'm at man and i'm and i moved out and then so that was may and then in august august the 29th of 2008 there was a little bitty little church on the block behind me in this neighborhood that looked like a house. You couldn't tell it was a church. I had gone there once or twice and I made the decision to get baptized right there. Wow. Right there. And I tell you what, I tell you what, from that point, from that point on, it was like, when I went under that water, it was like, it was like God was just like... You know how they say your life flashes before your eyes?
0: hmm
1: And I mean, I go into the water. All of my terrible decisions flash in front of my eyes. And I feel this presence there like... Mm. Seriously? There it is. Seriously? I gave you my life and I gave you my son. And this is what you giving me back? Do better. Mm. And I come out. I'm like, oh! <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you got to do That's better than he came that.
0: come out with joy. Like, oh, yes.
1: And I had a second, I had a second chance. And wow. and that was August. I met my uh I started dating my wife that October. And then the rest is history, man. I'm gonna tell you what, the rest is Nate, my whole, my whole life from that point was just thing after thing after thing that was just like God was like fine. It was kind of like he was just holding the door and was just like waiting on me. And finally, when I came to him, he was like, see, i just been waiting to open these doors for you. Like, what took you so long? You know what I mean? I meet my wife in August. I mean, in October. You know what I mean? I got promoted in November. I transed, I, I, I got engaged the next May. And then in 2011, we got married and took a promotion in Boston which is a whole nother journey. My daughter was born. Um, my daughter and I share a birthday. So she was born November 11th, 2013. So I think that's pretty cool. And and um, here we go. Now, we, now fast forward throughout my career after multiple promotions, multiple jobs in healthcare, multiple hospitals, just kind of running and overseeing the support services, all without a college degree that I never earned until 2021. I had four jobs in my career that didn't exist before I had them. You know what I mean, including the one I'm in now. It just, there was no job. There was no job. When I went to Boston, I they moved me into a position that didn't exist before. I wow. came back and I worked in Pennsylvania um and then I took a director's job and then they promoted me to some other position, a system director over four hospitals that didn't exist before. And then I got a call one day, and it was like, uh, "How would you like to go and work at Thomas Jefferson as this district manager?" You know, and I was like, "Okay, I mean, I'll do it." I mean, that was two promotions up for me. Nate, I never expected yeah. that. I wasn't qualified, nor did I ask for this job. But God has been putting me, placing me in places with things for me to do, just putting me there. And I tell you what, now I come back. So if you fast forward, I left Jefferson in 2011, and I came back eight years later, right? Making mm. quadruple what I made when I left.
0: So one day you walk out, you're wearing just regular clothes and whatnot, and then you come back, and I'm guessing you wear a suit and tie when you get yeah, to that's, work. Yeah, yeah. So now here you come walking back through those same doors that your cousin worked in, right? Yep. Now, here, here's the amazing thing, Iman, is that you walk out the door, you, you, you're you your, your lowest of low, you're trying to go super fast, and you have a really good quote that you say that, that's yours. You said, every time I tried to get into the fast lane, God would pull me back to slow me down.
1: That's correct. That's correct. I
0: mean, I mean, think about the think about the intensity of the statement that you just made. You, your cousin, somebody that you considered family, was working in this hospital that you passed your. your now, what did he do?
1: He was an emergency room um, technician, a patient care technician.
0: Okay, so he's a patient care technician in the mm-hmm. ER. Is he still there working?
1: No. No. He left shortly thereafter, something happened, and then he left and moved to another state.
0: See, and and there you are in that moment being able to walk in at your lowest of low, and now here you are multiple years later looking back on it, wearing a suit and tie for a job. Let's 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 quite let's face it, that you didn't deserve, right? Not That's that you fact. didn't not that you didn't deserve, but that you that's a really harsh way of saying it but I mean no that's
1: a fact Nate. I didn't deserve it I didn't earn it I didn't like I I went back as a district manager and I'll tell you another story right um, I'm I'm at mainline health care which is I was overseeing transport services in four of their hospitals right as a system director they called me and asked me if I would you know, basically come to jefferson because the account you know i was working for a contract service and the account was in, in trouble and um they're like yeah you need to work here turns out i go back to jefferson everybody still knows me everybody was mm-hmm. just like it was like a house full of people that you know if you have friends that are such good friends that you don't talk to them for two years and then it's just like nothing ever changed when you get mm-hmm. back like they knew me and god was just telling me like this is for you you have it and I want to tell you this, man, getting going back to this hospital, right, is another one of the more pivotal moments. There's a couple pivotal moments in my life. One involves my son, which I'll get into where he was dying and, you know, God just saved him. That's a whole nother situation in 2016. This one is one, right? I doubted God every single step of the way getting this job every step. I was like, oh, wow, this would be great. Yeah, come to Philly. Okay, cool. I'm driving up to Philly and just like being like, man, there's no way. I was so insecure because I didn't have a college degree, and I was just like, man, there's no possible way (laughs) that I'm going to get this job. I felt like the Israelites. I was like, God, why are you bringing me out here? Like, Take me back. I was in the burbs. I had free parking. You know what I mean? I was chilling. Like, Take me back. You're going to bring me out here because they're going to pull the rug from under me at any given moment, and I kept Mm. Putting all these things on God, like, I was like, you know what? If they actually make me the job offer, then maybe I'll start to believe it. I went up there one time and the vice president of like the Northeast region, he's like talking to me and I knew some of like the executives that were there. He's like, excuse me, give me a minute. He comes back five minutes later. He's like, Iman, I just got approval to move you up to pay grades and give you this position. You really know? I was like, what? And so I was like, that's great and i'm driving home and i'm excited and then the enemy is just in my ear man oh. hey man always telling you man you're not good enough for this like as soon as they run your references they're going to say no nah, sorry buddy you can't have it little did i know Nate my name was already on the org chart they'd already put it i didn't know this until after i started and so i was telling god all right man maybe if they call me or whatever then i'll then i'll then i'll, then I'll do it okay maybe if i pass the background check then i'll do it okay maybe if, if they uh, when they actually make me an offer, then I'll believe it. I gave myself forty reasons not to believe God, and God was telling me the whole time, He's like, "Son, I'm. This is you. Own it and claim it." own it and claim it see this is this
0: is like the the moses moments right like you know moses constantly sat there and said i'm not good enough uh i don't speak so good you want my brother aaron you know he sings like an angel you know he's trying to find different ways to get out of the responsibility that god had empowered him with Mm. and in the same way the enemy was attacking you to say "Mm -mm, you're not good enough it wasn't you saying it you know i mean maybe the flesh saying it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And everybody was like I tell you what the enemy will try to get you to focus on your past cuz he knows he's in trouble if you see what God has for you in your future. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Once you see it. And I couldn't see it. And I, I I just kept waiting and finally you know, everything went through. I get this crazy crazy promotion. It's just like, dude, all of a sudden like I'm going and I was making good money, but all of a sudden I'm making you know, I got a fifty thousand dollar raise all of a sudden, mm. just like that, you know what I mean and and then another one, and I wound up going back to school and and doing all those things like when I was when I was at Jefferson. but I'll tell you this, man, that God had a bunch of things for me to do at Jefferson, right, but the thing about that experience that that I carry with me is as I'm launching my business, as God has given me vision now, right. And I'm, I'm I'm understanding through the word that he doesn't give it to people who are ready. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't give you vision that's already within the scope of your own human ability. If your dream is something that you can accomplish in your own strength, then that's probably, that's just a, a dream, a goal that you have. Godly things are bigger than you, right? And I'm launching and I remember having this conversation with my wife Man, I'm just like you know what babe you know she's like wow like certain things were stacked against me that we've overcome with the business and it's all well and good but I was like babe I've gone down this road where I doubted God the whole time and didn't trust him and in the vision that he given me and I said I don't care what it looks like I'm not doing that again So for the rest of my stories, I'm going to be the dude sitting there like I knew it all along. (laughs) You know what I mean? I knew it for a fact that my God will come through for me. You know what I mean? Because there's always going to be moments where your faith are tested. But it took away from the celebration of getting the job. Mm. Because I got the job and I was happy. But then I was like, God, I'm so sorry. Like, I just just sat there. He's like, I've been telling you this whole time (laughs) you know what i mean yeah
0: i'm telling you there's this there's this this idea of self-denial you can't you can't allow yourself to have the good things that have been prepared for you and you it sounds like you know you you were doing all the right things you're you, you then finished off school you continued to focus on those key deals and and you said that your your mama Right. Your mama was mm-hmm. one of the most important features of that. Uh, there's nothing stronger than a praying mom. Mm. I think that a hundred percent like they like. My wife is absolutely amazing when it comes to this, like she she was a spiritual leader for a long time in our house uh, until yeah. I finally stood up and started doing what I needed to do as a husband. But uh the praying mom. So. Obviously, your your mother is cancer free. Though we didn't That's we correct. didn't finish that off on this on this side of yeah. it. <laughs> That's correct.
1: Yeah, cancer free. Um, you know, my mom is just she's that person, man. She's you know she's very defiant, man. She was just like, you know what, I got cancer. She used to have long dreadlocks down to her waist, and next thing you know, she's bald. Oh. So she cut her hair off and she's like, you know what? I'm going to Egypt. (laughs) (laughs) Went with the school. She's a school teacher. So she's got these pictures in front of the pyramids, totally bald, no eyebrows. And then she was just like, man. And it's again, it's just like in her worst moments. She told me one time when she was, I mean, she she was touch and go for a while. She told me one time that she felt like she was dying. And she said that she heard the most beautiful choir that she had ever heard ever you know what I mean and she can't really describe it all but she was just like she's just blown away by how beautiful can't remember the words they were saying just praise and it was just like and she had one of those experiences where it was just like I need you to go back and do more. You know what I mean? I need you to go back and do more. I don't, I don't think that you're ready to do like, this isn't it. This isn't it. And so it's, it's weird when you, when God tells you something, you know what I mean? It's just like, just believe it, man. If he, I think that's one of the most, you know, for me having, you know, you know, the things that I've done in the past and, you know, and it's not just me, but a lot of people like you have to let yourself be who God tells you that you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like God's, his heart just melts when he sees me. You know what I mean? He looks at me the same way he looked at his son. And it's it's, it's allowing yourself to really live in that is just a powerful thing, man. And I'm done. I tell you what, man. I'm dreaming big. I'm 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 trusting in God and every single promise that he's made to me because he ain't let me down yet. And that's probably like as I move forward to this kind of uncharted territory, even with the entrepreneurship and the web3 and all these things we talk about, you know, my victory is 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 set. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be there I've been to the other side, and I reached the finish line. I'm like, "Whoo, man! All right, God, I thought you lost me for a second there. I, I you know what I mean?" And it just, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I I I will tell that to anybody. Like, you're gonna, if it's for you and God has it for you, and if He's going to bring you through it, then He's going to bring you through it. And if it's rough, then. He's trusting you with your situation. He's He'll put you through something because he knows that you'll still give him the praise even while you're going through it. Hmm.
0: You
1: know what I mean? And if you can do that and you maintain that when you get to the other side, you can be like, I knew it all along. And then people watch you, especially in Christians, people watch you go through stuff because they want to see you go through stuff. They think, "Oh, it's easy to be a Christian and praise God and I'm blessed when everything's going all well and good." But when you start to read James talking about mm. um, "consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds," <laughs> right? Like that's 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 not easy to do. It's not pure joy. No. It's not. You <laughs> know what I mean? It's not, but you know if you can if you can kind of harness that and understand that it's not just about you, it's about growing you. And just don't deny yourself that when you get to the other side, man. Like, be that person. Really believe it, man. God really is going to bring you through it. You know what I mean? And just, you don't want to get to the other side and have to apologize because you doubted him, you know? Yeah.
0: So now, in all of this that you've done, and if that wasn't enough, Iman, you have started with a buddy. Collabrats. That's a fact. Collabrats. Now, walk yes. us through because I know what it is because yes. I know you and I get to talk to you every Thursday. But what is Collabrats?
1: Collabrats is a Web two slash Web three social network and coaching tool for musicians. Um, in essence, it's. It's kind of like a dating website for musicians, Mm. right? Except these people that you connect with are actually going to help you make money and not spend it all, right? (laughs) Like, it uses those matchmaking algorithms to connect musicians with compatible skills, allows them a space to create and connect. And then we also house an NFT uh, marketplace, and we allow you to mint and monetize your work in the same space.
0: Now, now where did this come from, though? Because... I mean, this is, I God. mean, this is like what 20 years later or, or uh, 15 years later from when you were in college and, and yeah. originally and focused on music and production and stuff. Where, where did this idea come from for it?
1: I woke up one day and had it, man. That, that I didn't easy. have, I, I didn't see the, like, it just, it was a vision from God. That's all I can, con- I just, I woke up one morning and I was like, what, what? Like, yeah, why are not we doing this with music? We should do this with music. Every other thing that we're shopping for, we rely on technology to not only help us shop, but to predict what else we might want. Even if I want a date. I'm just going to put in, here's the specific things that I need, and I want technology to go get it for me as fast as possible based on what I want. But yet, you'll sit in a music studio and be like, man, who plays, a, get my phone, who plays a guitar and got to text this person and try to find, who's a flute player that we could, you know any? You know what I mean? And it's just like, it was just that simple. I woke up one morning and I was like, musicians should do that. I'd probably save them a whole bunch of time, man. And I've been in studios where it, it takes you wind up using a synth or like some other replacement for a noise just because you couldn't find anybody to actually generate the noise. And then it just grew from there, man. And I was like, you know what? Not only that, but we should really put it on the blockchain. That way people can mint and make it an NFT and not have to, you know what I mean? This would be good for independent artists to just do it. Right. And I was like, that'd be dope. Right. Like, this whole independent thing is kicking off pretty good now. And it just started coming together. And and God gave me the vision for this over the course of about two days. And what I realized was when God gives you a vision, he's giving you the vision like this, but other people have it like, Mm. like, like this. And as it starts to come to fruition, that vision gets more clear. Like you're losing binoculars, and just it comes more in focus, right? And um, the rest is history, man. And again, I took those experiences with me. I prayed on it, and I was like, God, is this what you really want me to do? And then He was like, Yeah. Started making moves on it. Things started coming together, and
0: and it's really coming together really really well. And and the thing I like about it is it's kind of like Amazon for the music studio it, it, it because you can, Hey, it, I mean, think about it. You can go on Amazon, you can buy anything that you want and it can be there within 24 hours. And in the mm-hmm. same way I can go to collab rats and go, I need a, I need a, I need a flute. I need a flautist. I think that's what they're called. Right. Flautist, flautist.
1: flautist. Uh, yeah. yep, yep. Yes.
0: I do remember a it. little bit of my you stuff. You uh, I need a flautist uh, on this date at this time. And, I I connect using your app or your your website to be able to to connect with that individual for what I need. I mean, it's it's Amazon for the music studio.
1: Yeah, it touches my heart that you say that because that's literally what I set out for it to be. I said when I was in college, I went back to college right in 2020, so I did virtual school during COVID and all this and um. I wrote, I just became fascinated with Amazon. I just, I was like, this dude was selling books, man. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I said, what does he, what does Jeff Bezos actually make? My son asked me that. He was like, oh, you're doing another report on Jeff Bezos. What does he make? And I was like, nothing. He just provides a space for everybody else to do their thing. And I said, I, I was just amazed. But I was simply blown away by that fact that i was like okay so i got the largest taxi company doesn't own any cars i got the largest and best you know commerce vehicle he's really just providing a platform for people to do their thing so collaborates is that's what we set out for it to be we don't want to do everything it's too much yeah. but i want to provide you a space where you it's 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 too convenient for you not to leave you've got your network there you've got your mint there you've got your marketplace there And we're infusing resources for musicians, you know, smart contracts, licensing, just basically B2B relationships that are going to provide people with all the things that they need. So by the time they are selling their product, they feel good, you know what I mean? And they don't have to. I just want people to to focus on being good at the thing. You know what I mean? I'm one of the people that squandered it, you know what I mean? And when I tried to go professional with this music, I was like, man, people like, oh man, you're good, man. You should just do this professionally. But wait, before you do that, you gotta get your publishing together, or else you're not gonna be able to, okay, all right, it's great. I got my publishing, I'm doing this. Okay, that's great. Now get back to making music. Nope. Before you do, you gotta make sure you're copyright and you're doing I was like, dude, just Give me everything all at once in one spot. Don't have me going to eight different places to look at all the things that I want. You know that I need. Shorten the amount of time that I need to spend not making music. You know what I mean? It's
0: drop shipping for musician artists. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's drop shipping. That's yep. It's such. It's a concept that you have to sit there and go, "Why did no one ever think of this before?" Because Iman hadn't downloaded it yet.
1: That's right. Guy had it for me. Mm. He had it for me. Yeah, you
0: know, we 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 keep talking uh the spiritual side and and normally I would move into, you know, your leadership philosophy, your leadership style, uh, and how it's yeah. developed over the time. But I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. How do you define spiritual resilience?
1: Hmm. Whew, spiritual resilience. I mean, well, there's. I'll, I'll answer like this, Nathan. The the, the first thing, if you're going to become spiritually resilient and you're going to stand on the promises of God, right? You got to know what those promises are, you know? And you got to know what they are. So you got to read them. It's only one way to find that out. Get in the Word. Um, that's the foundation of all spiritual resilience to me. The, the the definition of resilience spiritually is understanding that that God is with you, understanding that you're not alone, being able to relate your story to the, the other people's stories that have gone through similar and worse things than you. And it's different when you're reading it. You know what I mean? Um, and you can and 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 you can see somebody you know the whole story and you can skip back and look at you know what i mean and you're reading and you're like wow how could that person how could he doubt god like these people sitting over here doubting god didn't he just part the whole red yeah. sea like it's like a month later and they're already like dude this guy stinks man <laughs> take me back and it's a just like the mana. when you're reading yeah. it yeah when you're reading it it's one thing but when you're when you're relating it and that's the filter through which you use you, you view life then you can say man like the israelites did that too i'm doing that now every time i doubt god every time i don't believe he's gonna come through for me every time i'm saying man god you brought me all this way i spent this money i'm developing this product i'm developing this you brought me out to the desert to die when it seems like everything's going wrong you man god you just You let me come all the way this way. You let me get so far in this relationship only for, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Aren't you just like them, though? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's where the resilience comes in, where you can relate those moments to people that he gave us these examples, right? To say, when have I ever done that, man? You know, you gotta, you gotta, resilience is built on trust. You know what I mean? And that trust is built on your relationship with God. And if you are reading and understanding the word of God, then you can really stand on those promises, right? And so, yeah, I I, I think read, read the Bible. I'll tell you one thing that I did, Nate, is uh, this is recently for me, man. I was never a big reader. I don't like reading that much. My mom's an English teacher. She loves to read. She'll always tell you, oh, the book. The book is better than the movie uh, and i'm just like mom i like the movie better why because there's no reading involved i just want to watch it you know um maybe around late december of last year god started waking me up man oh he was waking me up early in the morning my god it was three three thirty four in the morning and I know it's God getting me up because I'm up, up. It's not like I'm just waking up to go to the bathroom. I'm waking up and I'm like, I'm super awake. And there's no way I'm getting back to sleep. It's not gonna happen, right? And I know one of my spiritual mentors told me whenever that starts to happen, you need to get up, you need to get in the word, you need to pray. And I wasn't doing it. I was like, man, I'm tired though. Like, oh, I just didn't like if LeBron James busted my room at four in the morning and he said, Iman, get up. I'm jumping up. King James, the creator of the universe is trying to get me up to talk to me. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm frustrated. All I want to do is go back to sleep. I don't want to. But I finally start being obedient. And I said, okay, fine. Just like a spoiled brat. I'm just like, all right, fine, fine. I'm up. I'm up. It's 3.30 in the morning. My alarm clock was going to go off at 5.30. But I'm up now. What do you want? And I started... I wanted to, I said, okay, I'll do Bible study and prayer. Okay. I don't know where to start. And for anybody, if you don't know where to start, just see what Jesus is talking about. Start at the New Testament. That's what I did. And as soon as I started reading the New Testament, now it's telling me how to pray. Talking about something. Get up early. Go to a a room. Close the door. I was like, dang it. Okay. I see what you're doing. Okay. But immediately when I started reading the word, I started seeing what he was trying to tell me. And then I got in the habit. I just kept getting up. Whenever he would get me up, I would get up. And then I started getting up by myself. And in fact, when I went to Miami um, for the Quantum Miami conference, the first time I met Brandon David, um, I, had, I was actually doing 21 days of fasting and prayer at that time. So I wasn't eating anything from 6 to 5 p.m., right? But I was getting up four in the morning, reading the word, getting in prayer. And um, it's funny because I met Brandon. It's just it puts you on a whole new wavelength, man. And it's really just the best thing that I think a person can do for yourself is really start to get yourself in a position where you can hear the word of God. And when you can know it when it's God, it's actually talking to you. that's what it actually taught me. I'm reading the word but don't forget the word is God yeah because if you're if you're fasting and not putting
0: anything into your body in the spiritual realm or any, anything like that, then all you're really doing is starving yourself and you're doing absolutely no good and and so when you lessen one thing, it's like if if someone's eyesight goes away their hearing really, really improves, mm. right? Like the yeah. one sense yeah. counters the absence of another. And in the same sense, when you take away the food element and the, the comfort level of what food does for us and you add spiritual food, now all of a sudden you, you hear yes. and see much more widely.
1: Yes. And I was able to clearly discern the voice of God. I know exactly how God taught me. He tossed me in a lot of different ways, but I know when it's Him. You know what I mean? And that comes from. I'm doing that now. I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it. I set my alarm then I try to trick God and set my alarm clock for four and just get up there. And sometimes it still get me up at three, but whatever. Yeah. I, I I get up. It's a habit now. So I read the New Testament. You know what I mean? And really just started to be like, wow, like. You know, it's teaching me all these things, the teachings of Jesus, right? Then I started doing this with my wife too, right? So now in the morning, both me and my wife will get up 4 or 4.30 in the morning. We do Bible study and then we do prayer. And we finished the New Testament. We went back to the Old Mm -hmm. Testament, right? And it's such a powerful thing reading the Old Testament because you're like, man, God really is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, (laughs) like, the same god the only difference is jesus it really makes you realize why we needed jesus well you you see it but through those it comes different
0: to... lenses you know you still yeah. see the same it's the same story written differently mm-hmm. with new characters
1: yeah and it's really exciting like i mean come on look look at these stories like the bible starts off with a bang boy that thing is exciting soon as you start reading it, you just got betrayal, murder. Like, it's a good read, like, if you really get into it. Yeah. And, and I was just like, man, like, I tell you what, Nick, that the, to me, when it comes to just even considering the word resilience, that's what it is, man. Allowing yourself to believe the things that God says. Allowing yourself to believe that God will come through for you because he's already come through for you. You know what I mean? He's already brought you to where you are right now. And then he gives you all these other examples that there's nothing new under the sun. Somebody has gone through what you're going through. And if for nobody else, Jesus went through it, right? And I think that that's what it is, man. You got to be, you gotta know the word of God and use that as your compass and as your filter. And like I said, you read Lamentations, you read Leviticus, you read even the things about tithing, right? Like there's been times when money is tight, man. You got expenses, you got things that go, we had bought a house, the house is just falling apart. Like had to do, there's, times are tight, but guess what? I'm tithing. I'm tithing. And you know what? That means that when it doesn't look like anything is going right for me, And people around me or anybody that's seeing me, man, like, oh, they start to panic or they start to doubt. I stand up Mm -hmm. for my family and I stand right in front. And I was like, we are faithful in our finances and God will be faithful to us because that's what it says in the word. But if you don't know the word, you're just going to be praying. It's it's (laughs) the one
0: area where God (laughs) says, test me in this. It's the one area. It's the only area where he says, question me on it, test Mm. me on it. You know, yeah, yeah. Now, give us a moment when, and I and I think this is going to come back to your son, to uh, you know, when when he was in two in what was it, twenty sixteen. Um, yeah. Give us a moment yeah. when you had to rely on spiritual resilience to be able to make it through.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. My son is probably two months old. Or let's see three months old. He had bad reflux when he was born. So he would always have mucus and got mucus here and you couldn't lay him down like flat. You had to lay him like up on a little angle so that he always had to have a, gravity had to be on his side for a while, right? It was fine. It wasn't like chronic like thing, but one day my wife has got him in our family room and I see her with the little bulb suction thing. She's sticking it in. It's was typical. She's sucking mucus out of his nose and sucking it out of his throat. And I'm looking in there, and she's still going at it, and uh, and then I can see her movement movements start to become very frantic. And she's and, and and now I can see she's she's starting to panic. My wife is a nurse. She's she's a real good one too. She's done trauma. She's done cardiac care. She's done, like, she's the one. If you get hurt and she's around, like, you're going to make it. Like, you'll be fine, you know? She's she's totally panicking. And my son can't breathe, right? Um. He's three months, dude. His little body is just starting to seize up like this. Is he's, he's starting to turn colors at this point, right? She runs over to me and says, Iman, I, 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 she's, you know, you can see in her eyes, she's like, she's panicking. She gets him to me. So when, when the nurse veteran runs up to me and says, I need you to do something, yeah. it's bad. You know what I mean? It's bad. My son's dying, basically. And I, there's nothing that I could have done. I put him on my shoulder, right? And I can't even remember all the words that I said, Nate, but I prayed with such conviction. And I, it wasn't like, God, please help me. It was like by the power of the name of Jesus. Take this from him, remove this from, him. I, I, I don't even know what I was saying, but I was saying it with like authority, like the way that I wish that I could pray all the time. You know what I mean? I don't know why I can't do that all the time, but basically summoning all the power the power, the resurrecting power that's within all of us, but like commanding it, right? And I had him on my shoulder and I was just praying like, like my dad would have been proud of that, man. I don't, I still don't remember what I said, but it was like, it was like that. That's all I did. You know what I mean? I couldn't do anything else. I'm not a medical, like I don't know what I'm doing. Um. And then I'm praying and I don't hear anything. He's not moving. You know what I mean? And I got him on my back. My eyes are closed. I open my eyes. I I turn around. I'm looking at my wife. My wife's tears are flowing down her face. You know what I mean? And I'm like, babe, I'm I'm waiting. I'm bracing for it. You know what I mean? Like, what's she going to say? Nate, he was asleep. Not making a sound. Not no mucus. Not a sniffle. Not only was he no longer in a full state of panic, Unable to breathe. All of his passages clogged. Nate. He was asleep right here. And those are the things, it's like, those are those moments, right, where you have to be able to draw on those things because there'll be other things that come up in life. But that's the power. Like, there's nothing you can tell me. Like, there's nothing that you can tell me that God can't do. And I draw on that, man. Like, all the time. You see me in church with my hands raised. I'm thinking about that, man. You know what I mean? If I'm in a tough situation and I don't think that there's any hope, I'm thinking about that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't enough. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, 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 I physically couldn't do anything else about it. Mind you, we had called nine one one too. That's another thing. They showed up thinking <laughs> we were first time parents, just freaking out. <laughs> and we were like, no, because I, I already have a daughter. But they showed up at the house. They were a little upset because when I got there, not only was this not an emergency, like my wife's freaking out on the phone, my son was knocked out sleep, man. And um. That was, that's, that's probably, you know, I did good without like the tears right now, but I tell you what, man, he saved my boy. You
0: can still hear it in your voice, right? Like you're, you're going to be able to hear that in a dad who's convicted of what just happened. Your son Mm -hmm. was at peace. Like normally, you know, I know that there's like a ramp up, right? Like there is this ramp up to, oh boy. And there's almost always a ramp down in that same sense, but mm-hmm. there was no ramp down. There was just panic to
1: peace. That was it. There's your book title. Panic. And he could panic to peace. Um, and I tell you, he, uh he, uh, I mean, it was just, it was the most incredible thing I'd ever experienced. And I think God does those things. You, it, it, it in a way that you know that it cannot be anything yes. else. Don't try to take credit. Don't try to, I like to tell the story how I was praying and I was, yeah, but I was just praying, man. Like I wasn't removing any of the mucus and allowing my son mm. to breathe, though. You know what I mean? Mm. I couldn't do that. I asked God to do it. And I spoke to whatever that was in him by the power of the name of Jesus. And that's, that's not a phrase to take lightly when somebody says the power of the name of Jesus. Cause it's like, it is powerful. It's not to be played with, you know? And so, yeah, that, that's one of those things that literally metaphorically and physically had to only rely on spiritual resilience right there. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, your story is incredible and I know that you know this and there's a lot of people that are listening right now that actually have heard me say this before. Uh, my favorite verses in the Bible are the ones that are painful, that are agonizing, where defeat is mm-hmm. is there, because in every single one of those, there's a, almost always a comma, with two words that come right after it. And I know you know it because I just saw you smile. Two words. But God,
1: but God,
0: <laughs> no matter what you go That's through, right. no matter what you do, no matter how much, if it's self inflicted, or if it's if it's you walking into a hospital in Pennsylvania uh, where your cousin works and just saying, just hide me, you know, put me back in the back, just let me be here in this moment. God's not going to hold you there. There's the comma which is always has to have action coming after it. But mm. God did not want you to sit mm. there in that moment. Hey, Iman, thank you so much for investing in us today. Thank you for giving us the time to be able to sit down. Actually, more time than was, war- was, uh, was scheduled. But uh, <laughs> ah, but I you know it. it's going to be a good story <laughs> when, when stuff starts to happen. Uh right. It starts to try to show down. any final words yeah. for our listeners?
1: Oh yeah, man. Um, I got two things. I Number mean, one, it's never too late. It's never too late. If if there's anybody that feels like they missed their chance, they missed their opportunity, you know, that they can no longer make use of what the of what God will do with them. If they feel like they're in a position where, you know. They're just not worthy of being used by God. It is never, ever, ever too late. If he's giving you a gift, the gift doesn't expire. If he's giving you a talent, there's some way you can use it. And I think that what I really want to tell you guys, that anybody that's listening is, you know, take it from me, man, because God went dumpster diving for me, you know, Um. You ever see somebody dumpster diving and they're just digging in the trash? You're like, bro, you dig. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Why? And he picks something up out of the trash and it looks like trash. But God picked me up, man. He picked me up and he said, "I'm gonna clean you. I'm gonna clean you up. I'm gonna give you some new parts. I'm gonna give you some new. I'm gonna polish you up a little bit. I'm gonna use you. I got use. I can. I can actually have use for you. You know what I mean? And somebody needs to hear that, man. You know, it doesn't matter what you've done. Or what you think disqualifies you from that type of love. You know, um, the Bible says "Why we were his enemies, he 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 loved us and died for us. And if that doesn't say it, then, you know, it's just not too late. And if you want to do that, then trust in God, man. Just trust him. And I'm gonna tell you, and the last thing I want to say, that was the first thing, it's not too late. And the second thing is. If you're trusting in God and you want to just say, you know, for me, for me, it was. I trusted in God before I believed that Jesus was alive. It's a difference. Most people believe in God. Oh, there's a higher powers, God, blah, 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 But then you start talking about Jesus. OK, yeah, Jesus, I could see him in the history books. But then you talk about Jesus rose from the dead. Whoa, OK, now you. it's like a metaphor. No, 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 no. It's for real. And I didn't really believe that at first. I could say it, and but I tell you what, sometimes Jesus shows up and getting to know him. And this is what I'm saying just take it from me. You don't have to believe that there's a man who came and who was fully God and fully man and died and then rose from the dead. You know what I mean? But I'm gonna tell you this I dare you to just ask to get to know him. Okay, if you're alive where you at? Let's get to know you real quick. Cause that's what happened to me. I got to know him in a way that it can only be him. And I got to know his voice and I got to have a relationship and he's my friend and I can go to him with anything. And then I thought, huh, well, if I know him and I, and, he, and I talk to him, then obviously he's not dead. And if he's not dead then he's alive and I know historically, without even reading the Bible, I could read a history book and know that he was killed. So by the very fact that he's alive and talking to him, then he, you know what I mean? It makes more sense than you Mm. might think. Like, this guy really rose from the dead. And I'm only telling you that because I know him. You don't have to believe it, but just ask. Ask. Ask for him to, you know, just have a conversation with you. And then just wait.
0: All right. So there you have it. Rats Incorporated, C O L L A B R A T Z dot com is the website. Connect with them on Instagram, on all the socials, on all the different platforms. We'll have it in the description below. Iman, thank you, my friend. I uh, I've truly enjoyed getting to know you over the last few months. Uh, I'm glad that we have that mutual connection in Brandon, who just kind of brings everything together in every which way. Um, But I'm blessed by knowing you, and more so by getting to know your story better today. Uh, But we are blessed by the entire team here at The Wartime Leadership Podcast. Be blessed.